Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Let Them Play podcast. Today, we have our first-round draft reactions, including an unreal trade by the Chicago Bears selecting Justin Fields. But we're going to go one by one and talk about the picks, so let's get right into it. So with the first pick in the draft, the Jaguars selected Trevor Lawrence. I, that came to a shock of absolutely no one. But that one's been known for a couple of months, like we said the other uh, yesterday's podcast, right? Maybe a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Good point. And then with the second pick, the New York Jets selected Zach Wilson. Also, not much of a shock. We brought up yesterday on the podcast that it could have possibly been someone else, but yeah, like Justin Fields. But at the end of the day, it was ninety percent. Yeah, we Zach we, we, ta- we more talked about the the fact that it was like just so sure that it was gonna be Zach Wilson with no repercussions, and we thought that was interesting. But I don't think anyone was shocked at that. You know, we all kind not of at all. started with this next pick at three. Here's here's where the draft really started. Exactly. Yeah. Because there was a lot of speculation between Mac Jones and Trey Lance and Joey, your San Francisco 49ers selected Trey Lance. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm pretty hyped on it. I mean, I was I was pro Trey Lance the whole way, even before the trade up. So I'm pretty pretty hyped up that first of all, that my prediction is true and that the fit in my opinion, is pretty amazing because he was able to run a Kyle Shanahan type offense at North Dakota State, and he's also just a overall physical specimen right here. Oh, he's six okay. four, two thirty. I was Go gonna ahead. use that word. I was gonna use that word. Specimen. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he just has all the upset in the world, and I'm I'm glad that the the Niners didn't go with, with Mac Jones, the safe pick, I guess some people would say. They went with the more of the upside pick here. So when the pick was made, me and my, my friends were pretty pretty hyped up about it. So we're, we're excited. Yeah, yeah I would fantasy have owners, fantasy owners. I know you're excited. You know, potential dynasty quarterback you could get. He's, he's if you have an upcoming just rookie draft or an upcoming any draft, it's, really. It's yeah, it's something I thought about. I mean, you guys all know I've got the second overall pick in a dynasty draft. I thought of a rookie draft. I thought about taking Lance here. I, you know, I still we talked about the other day. I thought Fields was the second best quarterback, but we knew Fields wasn't in play here. And the fact that it was down to Lance and Mac, I do think Lance was the right pick between the two especially considering what they traded up, which we mentioned last podcast. You know, they swapped 12 and three, two future first and a third rounder. And you don't give that up for a guy that has limited upside like Mac Jones or has a chance to be, you know, at his ceiling at Kirk Cousins, which Kirk Cousins isn't a bad QB at all, but he's also a guy that NFL media in general is kind of something that's made fun of a lot for his contract. And so you, you trade that, you know, that package of picks up for a guy with a lot of upside and also a guy that you know won't be there at 12. The thing with Mac, you know, he went 15 tonight, and it is risky, a little ballsy to wait till you, till for your player to get to your pick, but you don't give that package up just because you want him that badly. And that's when the evaluation, the value of standard comes in the NFL. And we'll talk about a team that doesn't understand that later. But the Niners played a right tonight, and they, you know, held everything close to the vest. And, you know, today – it kind of felt like the Trey Lance, not only betting odds, but the Trey Lance just vibe itself sort of sway towards the connection today. And when it, when the pick was announced at three, I can't say anyone was falling off their chair, but it was just kind of like, okay, you know, they, they, they played this right. They made the right selection. 
Yeah, it really just felt like they played their cards right. Like they played the game, they had everybody guessing Mac Jones. And so when the pick was announced, all the fans, every all the media were not surprised, but you know, they were supportive of the pick and they're mostly happy about what the Niners went with there. A domino from this pick is it it probably maybe not locks him in, but 75% chance Jimmy G is on the roster for week one, right? We talked about last time how Trey Lance is a developmental prospect, a project, at quarterback. There's no way they go, unless he just completely blows away the staff, there's no way he goes into the regular season as a starter. So that is something interesting, too, that Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be the starting quarterback for week one of the Niners, right, guys? Well, especially yes. with the Patriots taking Mac Jones, which we'll, talk, we'll get yeah. into a little yep. more later, but – the Patriots were reportedly interested in, in trading for Jimmy G, but it seems like they have their two quarterbacks that they want to go into the season with. With Cam and Mac. Yeah, exactly. Really, the only team that was reportedly interested in Jimmy G was the Patriots. Right, and, they, and they've got the connection there. And they, they got the connection there, and when they were able to pick Mac Jones, and they, he fell to him it kind of eliminated the trade for, for Jimmy G for the most part. That kind of solidifies Jimmy G's role as a starter in the next year as quarterback. We could expect to see him, uh, barring injuries, starting the next at least eight eight games for the most part for the 49ers right. until like Trey you, Lance is ready to take like, over. Like you said, barring injuries, which was the big reason why the Niners exactly. was kind of getting frustrated with Jimmy G was because of all the missed games. But so, like we said, the draft started at three, you know, technically started at three with just what the Niners were going to do. And from there on out, Alec, I know you have the exact order in front of you, but it goes Pitts to Atlanta, correct? Yes. So, with the fourth pick, yeah. the Atlanta Falcons, so Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. I think, I mean, I talked about it on the last podcast. You have an opportunity to take Justin Fields. You know, maybe they didn't like him. Who knows? Maybe they just really wanted. They believe they can win with Matt Ryan. But... And uh, generational talent in pits, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Easily... This, this wasn't a bad pick by any no. means. It just wasn't the pick that you make for the future. Well, it was. Kyle Pitts will most likely be in the NFL for a long time and be dominant. But you're talking about the quarterback position. Yeah, in my opinion, he was the top prospect in my like big board, other than quarterbacks, other than Trevor Lawrence, really. So I, at this value right here, at pick number four, I thought it was a really great pick. Really a no-brainer uh, on the Falcons' part. Yeah, he's a you know generational talent, and everyone was comparing him to Darren Waller, who's probably the third best tight end in the league. Or right even now. I heard uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, because he's not. If you if you just look at him as a tight end, you're undervaluing his value. I mean, he's not. You can't put him as a tight end or just a receiver <laughs> specifically. You just have to label him as a weapon, and he can be a game changing field opening game breaking weapon and you know those those are very important to have especially with a team that has a aging Julio Jones an aging expensive Julio Jones and an aging expensive Julio Jones has been reportedly on the on the trading block recently so that is you know they, they might be not necessarily replacing him but just getting that next era of dynamic playmaker with Kyle Pitts there. So, I, you know, we talked about the, the last podcast. I, I thought Pitts at four was the pick, and I have no problem with them taking this guy here either. Yeah, overall good pick. Not really much to say besides that. We know Kyle Pitts is going to be a very good player for a long time. And with the fifth pick, the Cincinnati Bengals selected Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU. 
They reunite him with Joe Burrow. I like the pick. I think maybe a better idea would have been to draft an offensive lineman considering your quarterback got brutalized game after game and tore his ACL and suffered a season-ending injury. Well, that, yeah, that's where Ch- the chase pick is fine. I mean, there's it's not bad. He's, he's probably going to be an awesome receiver. Some people are calling him one of the best receiver prospects in a while. But mm-hmm. I just go – I go tackle here 10 times out of 10 just because – the offensive tackle position is just so much more valuable. And you rarely miss on a first-round tackle, especially someone like Sewell, who everyone knows is probably going to be a really good pro and a, and a potential all-pro type player at mm-hmm. that position. And you can find receivers so much later. And the receiver's value also just lessens if you have an offensive line that doesn't even give your quarterback time. And like you just mentioned, Alec, with Burrow, Burrow got pummeled last year. I mean, he took a beating, he tore his ACL. And everyone kind of saw – no one saw the way he got hurt coming, but everyone saw something coming, just the way he was getting hit hard every game. And going into the season, we knew that offensive line was uh, – you know, that was a weak link. And they drafted Jonah Williams two years ago, who missed his rookie season due to a health scare. But his second season, he came back and he looked like a pretty solid tackle. And they could have gone Sewell here and had their, their left and right tackle settled for the next 10 to 12 years. So that, that is the route I would have gone – I don't hate the chase pick at all. It's fine. He'll be a good player, but I do agree that I think I think they just misplayed the value perspective of Chase versus Sewell here. I yeah, do like just, the pick, but again, with the Kyle Pitts thing, it's, it comes down to positional value for me. But Jamar Chase is just going to be a good player for the next ten plus years, just like Kyle Pitts should be. I just thought it was kind of like a a Joe Burrow, you know, influence on the pick. Yeah, I definitely um, agree with that. Yeah, so I thought maybe it wasn't the best value pick, but it was the one that made the quarterback happy. So. There was a lot of those tonight, actually. I mean, you know, exactly. Joe Burrow, Chase, Tua Waddle. We're getting into right yeah, now. Yeah, speaking Waddle. of yeah. Tua Waddle, with the sixth pick, the Miami Dolphins selected Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. Another, you know, could have gone tackle. Offensive line is not a strong suit for the Dolphins. You know, but Jalen Waddle opens up a lot of things for the Dolphins offense. You have a speed demon who can you can send on a street, you can run a quick slant, you can run a bubble screen, just get him the ball and he'll make plays. He's a yeah, he's an awesome receiver. Uh, he's not as good as Chase. He definitely was the second best receiver to me. But it's another situation as the Bengals where Sue will fall into six. It's where I would have gone too. I would have picked Sewell with a own line that's not necessarily good. I think they could definitely use a potential perennial all-pro like Sewell here. But, you know, they could be looking at this with a Waddle pick as a potential evaluation process for Tua. And if he if he doesn't pick it up this year, doesn't show signs of being franchise quarterback, they kind of might just have to cut their losses and move on and go somewhere else. They've got a lot of assets left. They can make a big move in the 2022 draft or for a quarterback that may want out, as we saw three quarterbacks – this offseason, we'll get into one specific one later. All talk about wanting out of their franchise. And they, they may have to admit to cutting their losses sooner rather than later than they would like to. But this season is probably going to be the grading process for Tua like that. Well, we yeah. saw what the Bears did with Mitch Trubisky. They held on to him way too long. Exactly. And they, they can, we'll get into the Bears draft a little later too. I'm just going to put a quick word on Waddle. I mean, he compares – to Tyreek Hill, maybe not as talented. So we will see how he plays out with Tua and then see if, if Tua, you know, if it helps him out in the long run. 
Everyone, um, it seems like everyone's trying to find their uh, – with the Chiefs' offensive boom, it seems like everyone's trying to find their Tyreek Hill with the Raiders and Rugs last year, Waller mm-hmm. this year. Everyone mm-hmm. does want to find that speed so it just opens up the field. Yeah, exactly. I mean, speed speed's never going to die in the NFL. You need pretty much need a guy with speed on offense and defense. And what was it? It was uh, – we go from six right to – oh, the Lions. We were just talking about a bunch. Sewell fell right into the Lions' lap at seven. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the seventh pick, the Lions picked Penne Sewell, tackle out of Oregon. You talk about a guy that seems like a sure thing. There were there were multiple experts calling him a Hall of Famer, if anyone was to be one in this class. He, that's, that's just definition of the Lions, letting the board fall to them. They said they weren't going to – they didn't trade up for anyone they wanted. They didn't reach for anyone. They kind of just let the six picks play out and – they let maybe the third best prospect in the entire class fall right into their laps. And that's what a, a rebuilding team probably should do like this. Yeah, exactly. You, I mean, they just traded for a quarter, a young quarterback in Jared Goff. I know a lot of people are low on him. I personally don't think he's going to be the long-term future, but if he, you can find out what you can get this year out of Jared Goff, and you can also just get a franchise tackle to pair with him that you could play beyond golf. Yeah, just like Kyle Pitts, I think it's another great value pick here. So I think you really can't go wrong with Panay Sewell, the Lions. I, I don't really see another fit that would be better than the pick that they made. So I think it was a perfect selection here. Yep, good job by the Lions. And with the eighth pick, the Carolina Panthers took J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. I thought this was a little early for him, but I do like – J.C. Horn as a prospect. This is this is where the Cowboys started to sweat, man. I mean, they definitely thought they were getting one of Sertan or Horn at ten, and when they saw him go eight, they probably were freaking out a little bit. I didn't I didn't expect Horn to go here to eight. I kind of expected to trade back, not necessarily QB as we talked about last podcast, where they gave up a lot for Donald. But no, I think this is probably where the the, the Panthers, who don't actually have a bad roster, they lost seven games due to one score this past season, which. You know, everyone knows in the NFL, it usually flips around year to year. But they definitely just played this the best player available, and they potentially have an all-pro corner in J.C. Horn. I, think. I mean, he's a really good player. I think him and Sertain as the top two corners was pretty locked up, farly closest to third. But if you have, you know, a good pro bowl corner, all-pro corner in Horn for the next seven, eight years, that's, that's good. So they probably just did just play his BPA, didn't reach anything or panic. Yeah, I, I really like this pick. Uh, J.C. Horn was my cornerback one when I did my evaluation. So uh, I, I like the Panthers for taking the best defensive player here in my book at the number eight spot. Yep, good pick by the Panthers. So the next pick was made by the Denver Broncos. So the ninth overall pick, the Denver Broncos selected Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback out of Alabama. As soon as Fields was there, at nine, I thought for sure this was going to be the pick. I know that, that the Broncos have Bridgewater and Locke, but you can trade Locke. I know you're not going to get very good value out of him, but if you could get a guy like Justin Fields, like I, I'm going to probably keep saying, you get a guy like Justin Fields. This is, I was when Fields got past eight, I was sweating, man. I mean, I talked about how much I like Fields as a prospect the last podcast, and when he got to nine. It's really going to happen, isn't it? We know where Fields is going to be in the division. Now, the team where we mentioned last podcast is a really good roster. But they, they passed on him. 
reasons I'm not sure why, and it could be what I mentioned last time too, was, you know, they have, they want a lock and Teddy competition and they don't necessarily want three quarterbacks on the salary that are making decent money or in the quarterback room. So there's another one where they play, they played this completely like a best player available and Sertan's an awesome cornerback. I don't think, I think you have to play a best player available with context because they signed Kyle Fuller. They have Bryce Callahan. I know they're only under contracts at the end of this season, but NFL is a year-by-year league kind of at this rate. You know, it, it, there's always three to four teams per conference each year that are really good that, that change the next year. And the fact that they had other guys on the board that, that fit more positions in need that were really good, I think they just kind of missed on this one, which uh, for Broncos fans is too bad because they're sitting in a really good position with a roster that's actually really good that's only a couple pieces away. Yeah. In my personal opinion, I definitely had Justin Fields as the pick that should have been there compared to Julak. But when you look at the rest of the roster, I think they really went BPA on defense. And I didn't really have a, a problem with that. Sertan's going to be a solid corner for them. I like Sertan. So it's not, a bad, it's not a bad pick, but, you know, it's not the best pick. Yeah, I agree with Joey here. I don't think it's a terrible pick. And, I mean, Sertan's going to be a really good player, most likely. It's just, again, quarterback. But there were reports about discussions with Aaron Rodgers potentially being traded to the Broncos, so maybe that played a factor in their decision. Maybe they want, just want to go all in on Aaron Rodgers, but that's a that's a risky game to play. If you Should we do that? Him. Should we just do it now before we, you know, go back to the last two-thirds of the draft? I think we should just get into it. You know, Aaron Rodgers said F the whole process today. But So what do you guys think about that? I mean – That came out of left field. I was seeing tweets. Yeah. There was a couple ESPN – People like Mina Kimes tweeted that Adam Schefter was about to drop a bomb. So I rushed downstairs to my TV (laughs) to put it on ESPN on NFL Live. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely uh, incredible to to see and listen to when it was reported by Adam Schefter. I can't say that I was extremely surprised because we did hear leaks about a drift between Aaron Rodgers and the front office earlier in the offseason. So... It was – you can kind of see it coming, but it was incredible to see how, you know, it played out a part in this draft day and how it added to the drama leading up to the draft, really. Yeah, there were some seeds planted in the offseason. I really just didn't expect this. I knew I knew he was getting upset with the team because they drafted – they trade up for a quarterback round one last year when Aaron Rodgers was still pretty good. And then they draft a running back in the second round who ended up being a backup. And they brought back Aaron Jones, which I thought would have made Aaron Rodgers a little happier. I'm assuming it would, but I guess he was just done. Maybe don't kick a field goal down eight points in the NFC Championship. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that's exactly that. I mean, he's got his feet. Aaron Rodgers isn't a dumb guy by any means. He's a very smart, you know, athlete and just person in general. He's got to be thinking, you know, this year – was one of his final and probably best chances to win another Super Bowl. And just the fact that LaFleur, the coaching staff, and just the regime in general kind of – they just played it so safe and risky, and they weren't going all in on a generational talent like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's a top six, top seven quarterback of all time. We just talk about resume statistically. But when you talk about talents, he's probably in the top three. And it's just it's, – he's probably disappointed. He's probably frustrated. Like, you know, I've been here – for 16 years, I did my time as a backup. I've, I've really just – not necessarily put this franchise on my back, but I've given you guys all I could ever give. 
many, many MVPs, many just amazing displays, and so many just so close opportunities. He's got that one Super Bowl win against the Steelers, but when we talk about the heartbreaking losses for them, the Seahawks won, they lost where they blew the onside kick, and he was playing on a torn hamstring, basically. It wasn't his fault by any means. You know, they get smoked by the Falcons because their defense was just atrocious. This past year, they get to the red zone, down eight, and they decide to kick a field goal to go up or to go down five with like two two thirty left against Tom Brady. And there's just time after time again where it seems like management miss, coaching miss. I mean, there was that season when McCarthy got fired and the Packers went seven and nine, where it was just obvious just how disconnected McCarthy and Rodgers and the management were the three of them. And so I don't I don't completely blame him for being frustrated, mm-hmm. I'd probably be frustrated too. But at the end of the day, it's not his call to me. He just signed that extension. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think, you know, the Packers are probably going to say, okay, you can come play and come to the training camp. You can show up. You can go host Jeopardy. I mean, I don't think anything is going to happen big movement-wise. And if anything were going to happen, it would have been probably today or tonight when most valuable assets teams can throw into a package were picks for tonight. But picks next year – aren't nearly as, as worthy as what would have been tonight because you've got to go a year without Rodgers and that pick even conveying that. So it's a, it's a fascinating story and a fascinating story to monitor depending on where Rodgers goes, where that team goes, where the, where the Packers go, and just the two of them together if he stays. Yeah, I, 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 I think I, you – I have an ESPN report here from 15 minutes ago. GM Brian Guten. Guten, Packers GM said yeah. <laughs> after the first round Thursday, we're not going to trade Aaron. So that's where they stand right now. Obviously, I would expect that, but we're just going to have to see it play out. Kind of hard to speculate right now on who and where, but teams are calling. Packers should pick up the phone if they get some insane offer and Aaron's still dead set on leaving, then you're going to have to do it. Yeah, I think you and Patrick really explained it pretty well to explain the drama of why Aaron Rodgers felt the rift between them and the front manager and why he wants to leave. I do want to bring up counter to Patrick how, you know, some of the picks next year, they may be actually more valuable compared to this year because there's more time to study the the prospects next year. And it could be more valuable to some teams because they'll have more time to just study prospects in general and, and have more in-person study uh, compared to this year with COVID and everything. Right. This was a, you're right. This was a weird scouting year in general. Another reason why I don't think he's going to get traded anytime soon too is the I forgot, Yeah. I forgot to mention if he gets traded before June 1st, the Packers have a $38 million hit in dead cap. And so they're paying 38 for listeners that don't understand. The Packers are paying $38 million to Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers that won't even be on the roster. And if he's traded post-June 1st, it's $14 million, which is a lot, a lot easier to swallow. But it's still it's just it's a bit much when you're paying $14 million to a guy that's just not even on your roster at all. Also, the first round already happened this year. So if the Packers traded four players, they couldn't, pick, they couldn't use the draft picks themselves on guys that they wanted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I kind of was getting with like comparing this pick in the next year because you know what this was Alec you know our team a couple years ago Khalil Mack got traded a couple weeks before training camp and a big reason why that was scrutinized was not only because he was an elite player but it was the fact that they waited for after the draft and right before the season to trade him when they just had to wait 
a year of a terrible Ra- Raiders team, especially without Khalil Mack, for their own pick to convey, and they had to wait for a really successful season of the Bears to convey, where they ended up utilizing Khalil Mack's talent in their into their system as it into a good record. Where if they had just traded that before, they could have gotten a top eight pick potentially for that. So that's where they lost a little value with that. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get into the, the Raiders later, believe me. So, sorry, we got a little sidetracked with the Aaron Rodgers news, as you can expect. With the 10th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles traded up from 12. They traded the 12th pick and a third-round pick to go into the top 10 and pick Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. I like this pick. You know, a lot of Eagles fans, when they traded down to 12, they were very upset. They wanted Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell, and they thought it wasn't going to happen. But here we are, and they got him. Yeah, I mean, it's good. For, I'm, I'm just not the biggest proponent of drafting receivers like this early when I think other positions are more valuable. But Devontae Smith's a good player, just won the Heisman, probably the third-best receiver, you know, on draft boards. They drafted – it was weird seeing a Cowboys-Eagles draft trade or just a trade in general. And the mm-hmm. Eagles did this 100% knowing that the Giants wanted Devonta Smith. I don't think that was quietly reported. The Giants are – the Giants and the Cowboys, those two teams, are pretty leaky with their draft picks. And the reason probably why the Cowboys wanted to trade back was because Sertain and Horn were obviously on the board as everyone in NFL media and other teams knew. And this was just, you know, the Eagles had a receiver they really liked, and they knew the Giants were probably going to get him at 11, so they hopped in front of him to get him. Yeah, I really like the pick. They were able to trade down and then eventually trade back up to get the guy they were probably most likely or most willing to get at the original draft spot. So I praise the move. I think it was a good, solid move by the Eagles, especially when they've been lacking in the, the playmaker spot and the receiver spot for so long. So it's a solid pick by, by the Eagles here. Yep, and now we have potentially the moment of the night. I think most likely that was probably the podcast's favorite moment is when the Bears traded up with the Giants. Get Dave Gettleman traded down for the first time ever. And the Bears selected Justin Fields. So the trade was the Bears received pick 11, which was Justin Fields. The Giants received this year pick 20, 2021 round five, pick 164. 2022 round one and a 2022 fourth round pick. So a big trade. Giants get a lot of draft capital and the Bears get their quarterback of the future, which Bears fans, they were they wanted Justin Fields. They just didn't know how they would get him. But, you know, he fell a little and they got him. Yeah, this I actually like the trade for the Giants a lot. I thought they got good value of trading back like this you know they lost their guy in smith and when that's the case you don't have a guy at your pick you you gotta maybe just accumulate more assets but good for the bears man they saw a chance of getting up and getting a franchise quarterback and border a team that is actually a really complete roster and has just missed a quarterback for those last three years in fields my second favorite quarterback in this draft class it's it's a guy especially a team lacking quarterback is i have no issue with trading up and giving up assets to go get and that was, that was impressive. And, you know, Allen Robinson's got to be thankful. He's got a quarterback for the first time in his career. It's going to – it'll be interesting how that plays out. Matt Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace were probably playing or coaching and uh, GMing for their jobs this year, and they probably saved another two years on their timeline just by making the selection, saying, hey, you know, we've got to wait for Justin Fields to uh, develop and play out. <laughs> you know, following – where is this? I think Ryan Pace just had his interview after the draft, and he said – Andy Dalton is still a quarterback one 
I'm calling complete BS on that. You know, we'll, we'll believe it when we see it. But I love Fields. I, I love the aggressiveness of going up to get your guy like that. Yeah, you got to commend the, the Bears for really giving it all to get their guy at the quarterback spot here. So you've seen the value of quarterbacks just really rise, and there really is no value for a quarterback in the NFL. It's just, you know, whatever you can get or whatever you can trade to get your guy at quarterback. So that's what the Bears did. I, I like what they did. It's probably one of my favorite picks of the draft. So I think the I think Justin Fields will succeed here. And it was a great fit. it was a great fit for the Bears. And with the twelfth pick, the Dallas Cowboys took Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. I like the pick personally. I know there's some character concerns, but Hearing about a linebacking core with Jalen Smith and Micah Parsons sounds pretty exciting to me. I didn't like this one. You know, I personally think linebackers are kind of the running backs in the NFL. Don't necessarily – or you kind Defense. Of, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, not the NFL, defense. And they kind of depend on the D-line and the secondary to really have an impact there. And like you just mentioned, Parsons does have character concerns. Jalen Smith was really bad this past season, actually. And it's just interesting, you know, the Cowboys just spent – uh, two first and a second round pick in the last four of the f- last five drafts, I think. And, you know, Sean Lee just retired. And I, I just, I think they had so many other needs to fill. I think they should have gone O line, maybe even traded back some more. But I, 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 Parsons is a really good talent. I just, I really worry or wonder about the effect he'll have on a really struggling defense, especially secondary last year, and a team that has been pretty leaky in the past that has and the guy that has really big character concerns yeah I thought they could have went possibly with an edge rusher here maybe Quiddy Pay to pair who's with the who's the Cowboys edge rusher the Lawrence. yeah exactly I thought that could have been a cool little duo there but they did go with Micah Parsons who maybe would have slid farther down the draft I don't think it's a bad pick but not the best by any means and with the 13th pick the Chargers chose Rayshon Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I thought the Chargers, they just seem to get guys that just fall right into their laps time after time. I mean, you have Derwin James is probably the best example. Justin Herbert last year. And this year they get Rayshon Slater, the second best tackle in the draft, a guy that's going to protect Justin Herbert, their franchise quarterback. I mean, great pick, second best tackle in the draft. And he's closer to Sewell than most realize. Just played the board like with the Lions, played the board perfectly, let their guy fall to him, not to make any moves. And it's going to be a really good tackle for 12 to 14 years. That's really all it is. Yeah, going to keep it short, like Patrick. Um, I thought it was a great value pick. Offensive tackle number two for me, just let their guy fall to them, and they were able to scoop him up to protect Herbert here. So great pick. And we have the Jets being aggressive at pick 14. They traded up. Elijah Vera Tucker, guard out of guards or tackle out of USC. So the trade was the Vikings trade pick 14 and pick 143. The Jets trade pick 23, 66, and 86 in this year's draft. I like it. You know, the Jets had problems protecting Sam Darnold. They're trying to make sure that they don't have those kinds of problems with their new quarterback, Zach Wilson. I shouldn't necessarily like the trade for the Vikings. I thought they could have got more for pretty much trading back 10 spots. But the Vikings ended up getting a good player. We'll talk about them. And I'll keep it short again with the Jets. They got a they got a lineman to protect their second overall pick, uh, Zach Wilson. It's just easy. It, Barry Tucker's very versatile, good O-lineman. Like I say, you play guard, you can go inside or go outside tackle position. 
just got to get a good uh, O-line quarterback combo and you, you'll be set for a while. Yeah, you mean you pair him with Mekhi Becton and that looks, uh, it looks to be a, a pretty good duo of starters at ta- the tackle position here, especially if he starts at tackle instead of guard like some may expect him to. So solid trade up for the Jets here at the number 14 pick. Yep, and then with the next pick, their division rival, the New England Patriots select Tom Brady. I mean, Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, another team that potentially waited for their guy. So I'm not really sure. It's just, like we talked about, it's just the board falling again, right? I mean, the best, the, the best general managers, the best teams, the best drafts are really just the ones that don't get aggressive, that don't – not necessarily, I don't think getting aggressive is bad, but the ones that don't panic and just let their guys come to them. And I think the Patriots, once they saw that Mac did get by free with the Niners, there wasn't really any team before them that was going to draft them unless it was a, a weird trade up. And they let him fall to him, and he's, he's better than Cam Newton at this rate. Cam Newton got paid back up backup quarterback money in the offseason by the Patriots. So I expect him to be the starter day one. They spent a lot of money in offensive weapons. And I think the Patriots are going for it this year. Belichick was kind of sick of being a, a, a I'll say, it, a loser this season. They got smoked a lot, and he didn't like that. And so they might they might have a quarterback that's ready to win now, and they might have their franchise guy as well. I'm going to, you know, come out here and defend Cameron a little bit. He didn't have really anybody to – to play with last year. He didn't have anybody to throw with. Yeah, he didn't look great. The, the, look ground, great the ground wasn't a target. I'll just say that. There was a lot of throws that went into the ground. Well, maybe the ground was a better receiver than some <laughs> of the receivers. <laughs> it was, um, it was bleak on that end last yeah. year, though, no doubt. Yeah. Never, I'm they just have a go out here. offense, for sure. Oh, they definitely do. I'm just going to go out here and say Macaroni Jones. And uh, next pick. Macaroni. Macaroni. All right. With the 16th pick, the Arizona Cardinals selected Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. You know, I thought it was an early pick. He's a decent player, just pretty early. It's, just, it's weird. It's my whole thing I just said about linebackers. And they drafted Isaiah Simmons last year, who we all loved last year, but they just used him wrong, I thought, this past season. And they, they go back-to-back off-ball linebackers two drafts in a row, especially with the offensive line where they've got a franchise quarterback and offensive line that struggled to protect him this past season. Probably would have gone that route. Just a little bit of a weird pick for me. and It just felt like a little bit of a reach. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Uh, a little bit of a reach, maybe possibly could have traded back if they had any offers. But if they didn't, they picked their guy here at linebacker, Zayn Collins. All right, here's, here's the real pick we've been excited about. Talking. Whoa, well, not excited me about off. We're not, we're not excited about it. We're excited to talk about it. I know we're going to have our first ever segment here. I came up with the idea. It's called Raiders Rant. You ready? I'll go oh, first. I've been hey, Knock on wood. Yeah, who's with me? With the 17th pick, the Las Vegas Raiders somehow, some way, some why selected Alex Leatherwood, tackle – out of Alabama, <sighs> man, not a player I love. You know, I would have liked him in the second round, maybe third round. Third round would have been great, but just another year of reaches. And big school, big school guys. Yeah, roll tide. I mean, do do Gruden and Mayock just have like? Do they sleep in like Clemson and Alabama PJs every night? Because that's really what it feels like. It is three years in a row. I mean, it's Jacobs, and then it's Ruggs, and now it's Leatherwood. And 
it's before before I kill the pig. I'm not going to kill the pig. He's a he's a fine player. I mean, Brandon Thorne, offensive line guru, works for Bleacher Report. Has he has him as his 35, 35th overall player, the seventh offensive tackle. So it's just he's not a bad player by any means. He's probably going to be a very solid right tackle. It's just the idea of NFL draft is all about, and it's just the NFL in general is all about understanding value. And you take a guy at seventeen who. You can go read mock drafts on Bleach Report, NFL, you know, NFL Network, Athletic. You can read them anywhere. You'll never see Leatherwood anywhere before 17 or around that area. And you'll know you can trade back and get – if he's your number one player on the board, you should be able to trade back and get, and get more assets for this player. And it's just the idea. You've got to know how to read the board, how to read the room. You've got to know the value of this pick, of this player, in terms of evaluation throughout the scouting, the scouting world. And – it's just as another year of uh, front office and a guy calling the shots and John Rudin, who, you know, he was out of the league for 10 years. He's a old school minded head coach and a shot caller. And it's another reason why you don't let head coaches run the personnel department because they don't understand value at all. They see guys they want and they go get them whenever they want him. They don't understand what the exact move should be. That's why GMs are hired because they understand it. They understand numbers. They understand analytics. They understand value. And it's just, it's an old school mindset. Like, Oh, I like this guy. I got to get him right now. You know, he would have been there 10 picks later. They could have added another second rounder. I bet. And it's just, that is just the fun been the fundamental issue since Gruden and Mayock uh, got hired or Gruden got hired and then hired Mayock to be his GM for this regime is it is just, it's, it's time after time. They don't understand the value of their pick or who they're picking when they're picking them. And, the reason why they're not going to be good is because they have a roster of guys that are reaches that are fine players, but they could have gotten better players then or more assets from more players after that spot. I, com- I couldn't agree more. Like Patrick completely hit on pretty much everything. I know he said Josh Jacobs in the 2019 draft, but Cleveland Furrow went number four overall. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's right there. I mean, Cleveland Furrow went for it, number four overall, where I mentioned you can go look at mock drafts. He was there at 20, just about every single one. I and saw him – I remember seeing him to the Ravens a lot around, like, 26 or something. Right, and they had the pick, the 24th pick. They may have been able, been able to get him there, and that's just the media mock drafts. Think about – those guys are talking to all the scouts, and they're wrong a lot of the time, but when that gets picked and NFL scouts are laughing at the pick, that's when you know you just don't have the right connections or you don't know how to read what everyone else is thinking, and – that's just as important in this process as actually scouting and evaluating the players correctly. Yeah, I don't want to take too much time on this pick. Obviously, Patrick and I, as Raiders fans, feel some type of way about the Gruden and Mayock selections and free agencies and the overall outcome of the seasons. Joey, do you have anything else you want to hit on, or should we get to the next pick? Not much. I, I mean, I just saw him has more of a second-round pick. He fits – some people see him more as a guard. I thought they could have traded back to to get more assets for the guy if they did have him at the top of their job board. I agree with both of you guys. Yeah, just everything you guys said. All right, Raiders, do better tomorrow. Christian Barmore, you hear it here. Do better. Trayvon Mori. We said that for Richie like Grant. Years, right? Yeah. It's tough. K-O-K, maybe. Jock. All right. Let's just – okay, let's get to Miami. So, with the 18th pick in the draft, Miami – the Miami Dolphins selected Jalen Phillips, a defensive end out of Miami. Good pass rusher. There were maybe some health concerns, which didn't seem to bother the Dolphins, but he's a good pass rusher. He's a good player. I mean, he's just – he's a raw pass rusher. 
who shows all the physical tools. You know, he's got, he does have health scares. He's got a lot of concussions and uh, near head injuries in his career. So you just kind of do hope for the best with him. But he's a good player, and the, and the Dolphins have developed well recently. So I, I don't like it. I don't dislike it. I don't love it. Yeah, I had him um, at the top of my draft board for defensive end and edge rushers um, next to Aziz Ojolari. I think that – I think it was a great pick. So with the 19th pick, the Washington football team selected Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. I thought it was another pick that was early. Yeah, I didn't – you know, I saw him mocked a couple times with the Raiders at 17, and most guys didn't like that one. Kind of just seems like a stiff linebacker. I've harped on this point enough. I won't say enough. I just – I don't need to say more. Just linebackers, early, mid-first round, I just don't like them. I mean, you can find them later, and you can build around that position. But, you know, the if, if he does end up being a dynamic playmaker, the Washington football team does have a defense that is capable of taking a luxurious pick right there. I just think there was more holes on the offensive side that they could have used. Yeah, I I think you hit that. I think if Washington's probably the best defense to put him specifically in, if they're not good. the top they're good. three. They're very good. I like that pick, Jimmy Davis there. I, I think it was a little bit of a reach, but I think he will add to that already solid defense that they have over there in Washington. The and with the 20th pick, the New York Giants, after they traded down with the Chicago Bears who selected Justin Fields, the New York Giants select – Kadarius Tony, a wide receiver out of Florida. He had a great senior bowl week. Again, another early pick. Oh, Gettleman. Giants fans are probably thinking, man, you were so close to having like a near-perfect draft. He's been just escaping that that notion recently. I hate the pick personally. They just signed Kenny Galladay to what, four years, eighty million in the offseason. Seventy two million, I believe. Seventy two, my bad. A little little off. But they they paid him a lot of money, so it's gonna be the wide receiver one. They have Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Slayton, who has a rapport with Daniel Jones more so than Shepard. Shepard's a guy who they also kind of gave a mini extension to. So it's, you're spending a first-round pick on a four-wide receiver room that, you know, for, unless you're just planning on going four-wide every time, but you don't have a quarterback Daniel Jones you can do that with or an O-line that can protect for that. And there were just really good tackles on the board at this point. Don't like the pick at all. I, Tony's a good player. It's just it just does. It's more to that value perspective conversation that I keep bringing up. I definitely agree with Patrick here. At first, I thought it was a, a pretty solid pick, but I thought I thought more of about the wide receivers they already have there at the Giants. So I think that if they were to go defense there, it would have been a, a better pick. Maybe Quiddy Pay, Barmore, something to add more onto their defense. Would have been a better pick compared to Tony. Patrick and Joey just hit it right there. I would have gone offensive line probably because, again, you have a quarterback that leads the league in turnovers over the past couple of years. You know, he's got fumbleitis, so you got to get a guy that's going to protect the quarterback. You know, Daniel Jones is a guy that feels like every time he's getting hit, he's going to fumble. Loaf of bread. Oh, trust me, trust me. I have him man franchise. Oh, does he replicate it that one there? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think he led the league in, in fumbles. So. Oh, at least it's a realistic game. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Madden. All right. So with the 21st pick, this was a, one of my favorite picks. This was my number one edge rusher. The Indianapolis Colts selected Quiddy Pay, defensive end out of Michigan. Just Colts defense is loaded. They're 
just they're kind of a team of no names on defense besides Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner, I feel like. But they just play really well together and they're just adding a what could be a potentially good pass rusher in the mix. Yeah, he's got him. He's a raw prospect. He's very similar to former Michigan Wolverine Rashawn Gary coming out this time, but he's, he's, he has the potential to be a very good player. And their D-line, you know, if they get if – he, if he becomes a pass rusher, they believe he will become. Him and Buckner are a really good foundation for that. And their defense was really good this last year, like you said, with Leonard Buckner and Julian Blackman at safety was really good as well. One of my really good friends is a Colts fan. Wasn't necessarily happy with passing up on Derisaw or Farley. Um, two positions in need right now, but Chris Ballard is a guy as a general manager who just loves the trenches, and anytime he can get a guy on top of his board in the O-line or D-line, he's going to do that, so he probably just had Quiddy Pay ranked above Garrison a little bit on his own draft board. That's fair. The, yeah, with Anthony Costanzo retiring, they, this was another team that could have gone offensive line but didn't, but this is a deep offensive tackle class. You could get that in the second, maybe third round. Also, don't forget about Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore's a very good Kenny Moore's player. a good corner. Yeah, off the yeah, there's definitely a lot of good underrated names on that, on that Colts defense right there. They're tough. They just play, they're tough. That's really just how that whole offense and defense works. And their division rival, the Tennessee Titans, selected 22nd overall. Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. This was a pick I actually got right on my mock draft. One of the few, if I may add. But It's hard. Yeah, mock drafts, man. Insanity. A couple of trades could just throw the whole thing off. A couple unpredictable <laughs> Raiders uh, yeah. picks could throw you off. This the Farley, he's got he's got scary med. Not necessarily scary, but he definitely has concerning medicals. As uh, people have mentioned, you know, with his back surgeries or his issues in that area, he's he's a fantastic cornerback. He, I personally think he's a project he's just got as the measurables he's super fast he's long and tall but you really that's a guy who never played a snap at cornerback before 2018 and turned out to be a very good corner for Virginia Tech he lost his mom when he was in college and it's just a guy you root for and you hope he really pans out so I like the value pick especially for the Titans in terms of talent just really hope medically and uh, it, it pulls through for him yeah I mean he's a guy that I, he measures in, measures in at six two, runs like a possibly a below four four forty, two hundred pounds. So he's that type of physical athlete that you don't really find a lot at the cornerback position. So given what his medicals are, he did slide to the twenty second pick. But I do like the pick here for the Titans to be able to stop that slide and select Farley here. Yeah, this this was a draft of freaky athletes, right? Everyone ran under a four four this year. Yeah, that's what you no. get. Yeah, you I actually do. think I did too. Yeah, that's what you get when you do your own pro days, right? You just you click and stop the stopwatch whenever you want. I love no, it. but Caleb Farley, definitely a great athlete. If I do believe he, he was a 4-4 and under mm-hmm. kind of guy. And then He's with the fast. next pick, Minnesota Vikings, They after they traded down to 23 from 14, they picked Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Back-to-back Hokies. Yes, sir. So it's a this is a this is a home run pick. Derisaw was probably he was either tackle three or four for me. I mean, he's he, he's just a very good player. It's absolutely athletic and physical freak with his size. Super young left tackle. 
had the highest PFF grade out of any tackles last season in terms of college. And the fact that they were able to trade back, add assets, and still get him at 23 is just a, a win, especially for a team that likes to run the ball and a quarterback that needs time in the pot- pocket with Kirk Cousins. So big, big time pick with uh, Darius out here. Yeah, if I you agree. don't have a great quarterback, Kirk Cousins is a decent quarterback. You know, if you put everything around him, then you can win some games. Yeah, I agree. I thought they did go best player available here. Their Darisaw was available to, you know, fall to them as a run-heavy team, also with Kirk Cousins, so it was a great fit here for the Vikings. Yeah, and I'm we're going to pair these two picks together because we have a guy that just – has a very strong oh, opinion about yeah, drafting a certain position. So yeah. with back-to-back picks, I'm just going to read them off real quick. The 24th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. Before Patrick wants to talk about that pick, I just want to say Najee Harris, local guy. You know, we're Antioch rooting for May. him. Antioch May. Antioch. He's wearing the black and yellow again, just like at Antioch. Best of luck to him. And right after that, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they had a little bit of a reunion. Travis Etienne to the Jaguars, reuniting yeah. with Trevor Lawrence. And Patrick, take take the mic. Mike's all yours. I don't dislike the Harris one as much as the Etienne one. I'll get into the Etienne one in a second. The Harris one, I think it's just an uh, incompetent issue with the Steelers not understanding their own roster. They haven't had – maybe they'll just, you know, prove me wrong and fix their issues over the next couple of days. But – Warren Sharp, Warren Sharp tweeted out earlier, run blocking this past season, they were ranked 31st. That's not running, that's run blocking. The year before they were 23, and then the year before that they were 12. So they've been on a steady decline the last three years, and they lost O-linemen this past offseason. And unless they improve that unit, Harris, with as talented as he is, is not going to have an effect for a team that was awesome through 10 weeks and then just hit a wall offensively. And that wall offensively wasn't because they didn't have a good running back. That wall offensively was because their own line kind of fell apart. And there was good, there's good old linemen on the board there at 24 at the pick. And Harris is, like I just mentioned, he's a freak talent. He's, he's, an, he's an awesome kid. He displayed his talent at Alabama. He, it, him, McFarlane, Benny Snell, there's not going to be a big difference between the three in terms of winning games. You guys, you can patch it together at uh, the running back position. I just hate using such a little uh, – a high-value pick on a little-effect position like that. You know, it just – that position completely depends on its surroundings. And then that leads me to the next pick. That next pick, the 25th pick, ETN to the Jags, was the worst pick of the first round. And the Jaguars were the worst team in the league this year. Trevor Lawrence is not solving all their problems. They've got a terrible roster. And maybe their only bright spot from this past season was actually the running back that they picked up as an undrafted free agent with James Robinson. He was really good. He dropped, he ran for a thousand yards, was good receiving out of the backfield. And then they signed Carlos Hyde and draft ETN at 25. I mean, they had a, they had a chance to go for a tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence, a new franchise quarterback. Tevin Jenkins, who's a really good tackle, was sitting right there. Or another old lineman, Landon Dickerson, maybe. Or maybe Sam Cosby, if you want to reach on another left tackle. And there's just so many other guys you could have gotten at 25 that would have a bigger effect than Travis Etienne would when you have a really good running back at that position already. And this just kind of seems like Urban Meyer, who, you know, for all accounts, he was a fantastic historical college head coach. But his first draft, he had the easiest pick maybe of all time with Trevor Lawrence and just completely whiffed at 25. Yeah, I completely get where you're coming from, you know, 
you, the game starts at the trenches. You got to build it from the trenches and then go from there. You got to get guys that can, frankly, just block, and they don't have that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Patrick Curio as well. I do I do like the Najee Harris pick. I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I grew up watching Najee Harris. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Little, I watched his high school highlights. I watched his, I don't know, maybe even Pop Warner highlights when I was little. He was always that hyped up in California. So I think the Steelers do have a solid roster. Um, they were available to, you know, pick a little bit of a luxury pick there at Najee Harris at 24. Pick at 25 for Travis Etienne. I do agree with Patrick. I think it was, you know, they could have went best player available and not picked a running back because, you know, their roster isn't as, you know, it's not as about as deep. Competitive, any that, really uh, other roster. Sucks. Their roster. <laughs> yeah, sucks. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it, but their no, roster pretty they, much sucks. They were one in fifteen, and they haven't. And they have a solid running back already. Exactly, James Robinson yeah. is good. I feel bad for him. I mean, what else does he have to do? He ran for a thousand yards as an undrafted free agent. I mean, sorry to all those James Robinson fantasy owners out there. Exactly. All right, with the twenty-sixth pick, the Cleveland Browns. Sounds surprising to me, saying Cleveland was the. 26th pick. Playoff win, baby. Yes, sir. The 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns selected Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern. This was a player I heard that they were a big fan of. And, again, another team that didn't trade down. They just waited patiently, and they got their guy. Yeah, not much to say about this. This is just best player available again, and they got a potential really good corner to match with. Denzel Warren, Greedy Williams. So, you know, Brown's actually smartly playing the board correctly recently and have a good, competent team for us. Shout out oh, to yeah. Browns. Oh, yeah. I really love the Browns' overall roster and especially defense. That secondary looks pretty nasty. Greg Newsom was one of my favorite cornerbacks after, I mean, uh, probably Sertan, really. So that was a great, great value pick there at 26. And with the 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens, select Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. I thought this was a good pick. I like Rashad Bateman. It's just, another, you know, the Ravens didn't have a very good receiving core last year. Now they add, they add Sammy Watkins, who could be a good third option, third, fourth receiving option if you include Mark Andrews in that mix. They have Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, and Sammy Watkins. You get You have a nice receiving core that Lamar can – actually throw the ball to. I, I like to pick a lot. Offensively, their issues have become that they just don't have a, as inept of a passing game. And that is in, Lamar Jackson has to get a little more adapted to not being able to run as much. But Bateman's a, a really good receiver. It's just a super deep receiving class. And they just have a very overall balanced offense now. And I, I, think, it was, I think this was good. Yeah, definitely one of the only weaknesses in the, the Ravens' offense was wide receiver. Bateman was one of my favorite wide receivers in this class, right behind Waddle, probably. So I think it was a great pick for the Ravens, and he should be able to help out Lamar over there. And a team that was reportedly interested in trading up to the top 10 to not select a quarterback, which we don't know how true that is. Well, they, did, they just paid Taysom Hill $140 million while they need a quarterback. I mean, yeah, franchise guy, right? Well, it's a that, lot of that's fake, why they're starting Jameis Winston next season, probably. Yeah, exactly. Gadget guy. Yeah, but the New Orleans Saints with the 20th pick select Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston. 
this was a player that I didn't hear much about going into the first round. And I saw a report today that the Saints liked him. So, I mean, they got their guy. Not really sure how well that's going to turn out for them. But they're a well-coached team. They have Dennis Allen, you know, Raiders coaching legend at defensive coordinator. Oh, no, he's actually good now. It's, it's, it, no, the Turner pick is fine. It kind of felt like – I think Adam Shepard tweeted this morning even saying that's a name you might hear tonight. He knew that something was going on maybe with the Saints or the late teams that liked him. Personally, didn't – there's a lot of other players on the board I liked a lot more than Turner, but the, the roster is super good. So the, the, the fact that he may be getting an effect on, any, on the roster next year is probably slim. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're pairing him with probably Marcus Davenport over there. Their defense looks pretty solid, so I think he may be a sleeper. Nothing much else to say, though. It wasn't really expected uh, for him to be in the first round, though. And there's another edge rusher coming up that we'll talk about that could have gone, definitely could have gone ahead of him. But the 29th pick, Green Bay Packers, what are you doing? You take Eric Stokes, cornerback, out of Georgia. It's just really early. I know, actually, I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, the Aaron Rodgers news comes out today, so they probably are thinking, they've obviously been in contact with them, they, you know, reported they visited them a bunch, but you would think, like, they would try to, like, show a sign of reaching their hand out to say, hey, we're here to help you. And they draft another secondary guy who wasn't projected to be a first-rounder by any means. That was mid to late second, and, you know, he may be a fine player, but it just isn't what Aaron Rodgers, who without Aaron Rodgers, this isn't a respectable team by any means either. And uh, it just it, it's, it goes back to last year. They trade up for love. They draft A.J. Dillon, and then they draft a tight end. They try to transition a fullback. So I don't necessarily know what they're doing. Like you just said, it kind of feels like they're going with the flow and they're trying to outsmart or, you know, outsmart themselves. I think themselves like, oh, it's our BPA. But there's definitely doesn't feel like there's a plan in place at all. Yeah, Eric Stokes, he, I feel like every year there is a corner that runs a really fast 40 or is just really tall that is able to sneak into the first round. That one is Eric Stokes this year. He ran a 4.25 in his pro day, quotation marks 4.25. He probably ran like a 4.3 something, but he was able to sneak into the first round with the Packers. I don't know what exactly the Packers were supposed to do to be able to support this Aaron Rodgers decision, so... I don't really know what the right pick was here, but it probably wasn't Stokes. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the position they picked because Kevin King was getting cooked in the playoffs and they decided to bring him back. But Eric Stokes just wasn't the best selection here at corner, so you could have done a better job there. And with the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills, they took advantage of Gregory Russo potentially falling and picking him defensive end out of Miami. I think – it's a good pick. I like the pick. It was a guy you could have taken ahead of Peyton Turner in New Orleans. But Buffalo gets a good defensive end with a lot of potential. It's just uh, another stacked roster with the Bills. Really a roster draft. Kind of a project who is just amazing physical tools and measurables. And they've had a good history of developing defensive linemen and defensive players in general. So, you know, when you're at this rate with this roster they have, might as well just take a shot. Yeah, he's a guy that's, you know, 6'7", 270. He was able to produce 14 or 15 sacks off the top of my head for Miami the season before he opted out. So 
amazing potential, they're able to grab him at the 30 spot. So a solid pick there. And you think about what the Chiefs had to deal with in the Super Bowl. They had to deal with an insane pass rush. And Buffalo needs a pass rush. They're they're going to be competing with the Chiefs for what could potentially be a long time. So you get a, you get a pass rusher and you try and stop Mahomes. That's what the goal is in the AFC right now is stop Mahomes and the Chiefs, the back-to-back AFC champions. And speaking of the Chiefs, they traded away their first-round pick for Orlando Brown. They get a second-round pick back as well that they get to use tomorrow in the draft. And then with the 31st pick, Baltimore Ravens select Jason Owe, outside linebacker out of Penn State. I thought this was an interesting pick because he did not have a sack last season, but he has good physical traits, and I trust the Ravens are able to develop pass rushers. We've seen multiple guys who were struggling before the Ravens have some success. Look, you, you hit on the head. He had zero sacks as an edge rusher. That's, that is weird. I don't like that personally. Uh, I mean, you could you could kind of try your hardest as a physical tool freak like uh, Jason is here and still maybe get one sack just by tripping up the quarterback, especially after they just traded Orlando maybe Brown. Even, maybe even half a sack. Yeah, just zero. <laughs> it was incredible. But, you know, I, I really – I love Taven Jenkins, the right tackle, and they just traded a tackle away in Orlando Brown, and he's sitting right there at 31. So maybe they have plans of trading up to get him, but when he's there at 31, I think you should – take that guy to replace the guy you just traded away to get at and you got assets from. So I didn't like this pick. I thought they were very super duper close to winning the first round with the Bateman Jenkins combo and the assets they got from the Chiefs. But you know, in my opinion they just missed on this one. Yeah, always another guy who ran a four three uh at the Penn State Pro Day. Of course he did. Um yeah, of course he did. He's a he's a freak that can produce in that Ravens defense. You know, he has all the potential in the world to be able to do that. He just didn't show out the, the last year that he was able to play for Penn State. All right, and with the 32nd pick, the last pick of the night, the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers selected Joe Tryon, outside linebacker out of Washington. He was a guy who opted out. He's a pass rusher, probably planning for the future without Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. But Jason Pierre-Paul is most likely to be out first because he is aging. It's, it's- they're Super Bowl champions for a reason. The roster's awesome. They don't have to fill any holes. Probably just looking at this guy to develop him and maybe, like I said, play Jason Pierre-Paul or Levante David in a couple of years. But he's just probably a projectile pick, right? Nothing more. Yeah. As a Stanford fan, I was able to watch a good amount of Pac-12 games. Joe Tryon for the Washington uh, Huskies, he was kind of a standout for me when I was watching. He looked like a really good edge rusher. For Washington, so looks like he should be able to fill in that role for the Buccaneers as well. All right, that concludes the first round of the draft. Tomorrow we have the second and third rounds. Well, you'll be listening to this tomorrow. That is the plan, at least. Exactly. Get on it, boys. Or boys listening, not you guys. Well, and girls. Everyone. Yeah, come on, man. Say prospects you like for tomorrow. I think there's actually a lot of good players left. I think I really like Christian Barmore. I've mentioned Taven Jenkins. Uh, Jock, as we call him, but Jeremiah, tell me if I'm right, Jeremiah Koromoa. I think he's a good player, really good player last. I thought he would have gone tonight. Uh, like Trayvon Morrig a lot, Richie Grant at safety. So a lot of guys I like for the Raiders specifically, but just uh, players in general that I think are really good players and better than some of the ones drafted tonight. So uh, tomorrow should be very exciting as well.
There's still some quarterbacks available too. There's Davis yeah. Mills. There's Kyle Trask, and there's Kellen Mond, baby. Yeah, Joe, Joey's a big Kellen Mond fan, <laughs> so maybe we'll see him tomorrow too. Ian right, Bush, anyone? Ian Bush? No, 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 no. Ian Bush. No, he might not get drafted, but uh, I think he's going to play on the same team as. I think Ian Bush's going to play on Shea the Patterson? same team as Shea oh, Patterson. Oh, Shea Patterson. Oh, the fan-controlled I- football league. Thank you guys for watching. Expect another episode soon, recapping maybe the second and third round or just the rest of the draft. And see everyone soon. So, you know, we had a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, we're gonna make another uh, three-hour podcast for every pick after this. So stay tuned. Oh, I'm down. Let's get into the sixth <laughs> round. <rounders. laughs> All right. Thank you guys.